everyone back to your church of heavy metal that is thunderdome metal reviews i am the reverend dangerously and with me as always are the doctor david pizzo tracy spreadsheet chicken slaughter newport and gabe in his murder basement cooper gentlemen we are here to talk about a very slow album a very very slow album my dying brides Turnless the swans. How are you all doing? Slaughtering chickens to the rhythm of the spreadsheet. Like the rhythm of the night, but not quite as romantic. Not quite. Not quite. Definitely not quite. Not as bloody, but not quite as romantic. That was a really good song, though. I've been looking forward to this. Uh, David's going to get so triggered. It's not even funny. I mean, (laughs) you could just speed up a little. Just a little. Speed up a little. (laughs) Could they, though? I know. I get it. I get it. I've been... Sorry, we're already getting into it, aren't we? Hi, everyone. (laughs) Um, This is... is, We're reviewing My Dying Bride's 1993 album. What is this? Die, Swan, Die? What is the title of this album, Ben? Turn Loose the Swans. Yeah, there it is. Or Die, David, Die. Die, David, Die. (laughs) As David said, it came out in 1993, October 11th, to be precise. It is their second studio album, released on Peaceville Records, produced by Robert Mags Magulagan. I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce that last name. That's why it goes Magulagan. That makes more sense. (laughs) That actually makes more sense. Um, And My Dying Bride had a runtime of 58 minutes and 15 seconds, allegedly. Um, The Ah. band was... (laughs) Aaron Stanthrop on vocals, Andrew Craig Hahn on guitars, Calvin Robert Shaw on guitars, Adrian Jackson on bass, Martin Powell on violin and keyboard, Rick Mia on drums, and they brought in Zena, who I don't know who is, to perform vocals on Black Gods. That sounds like a Tracy Correct Me kind of thing. Or not, I don't care. But anyway, what? Zena to see who she is, because that's, oh. that's just all she was listed as. I don't so know who don't she know. is. Maybe it's this, this Lucy before Wallace. Tracy's time. Uh, uh, well, but... that was my key for, hey, Tracy, why don't you Google her name and see who she is? But <laughs> All right. Let me find out. Let me put my Google food to work. Um, so, yeah, I picked this album um, when Gabe had picked, and I don't remember which one it was now because my brain works that way. My, the, my Dying Bride album earlier this year that we reviewed, I was like, ooh, let's go back to Turn Loose the Swans. And so I threw that on here. So this is my fault. But I stand by it because, you know, this is something that I listened to back then. Back then, though, my um, speed freak self did not really appreciate it. Um, I liked gothy stuff. And um, so that is what attracted me to it, even though it's not a a straight up goth record. But now listening to it, damn near 30 years later, I I can kind of see what all the hype was about. But... I will step aside and let other people talk about it before I go into it. Yes, Tracy. So I found, I searched her. Mm-hmm. I came up with her name. Her name is Zena Choi, or C H O I. Someone say Choi. Um, and the only thing I find is her listing is Cyclopedia Botanicum. Mm-hmm. Or Metallica, not Britannicum. And <laughs> and a book called the it's this specifically um the final song in this album, Black God and her use in it, is used as a reference in the book, The Oxford Handbook of Music and Medievalism. Okay. Mm. It's very uh, academic. 
It goes also Black Dot also features a female senior, Zena Choi, who sings the text along with Stainthrope's recitation. Although her performance is synchronized more with the violin synthesizer than with his vocal, the lyrics of Black Dot consist of two stanzas, an English ballad of Mita. Although the recitation in the recording is so languid that it is aspect only becomes apparent when the lyrics are presented as text. Yes. Yeah, I knew that it was the um, them taking a part of an old poem and setting it to music. Yeah. But apparently they are linking this album and a lot of the stuff to it, just to close Kim, to medievalism and academic thought. But yeah, this album was, I'm not going to lie, kind of rough. It has the uh, the wonderful synthesizer instruments on par with the Morbid Angel we had a couple of weeks ago. And it's, it's so slow. Like, it's so slow. <laughs> like, the, I, their 29 or 2020 album is, I think, light speeds faster than this one is. I'll agree with you that the synthesizer slash keyboards are not uh, the best uh, part of the uh, sounds that are on here. Uh, that said, um, I think that Martin Powell is doing a bang up job on all of his appearances on this album on violin. Yeah. Uh, and um, I didn't have a rough time with this album because I already knew it before we had done the dreadful hours. I will say that the Dreadful Hours is a lot more interesting than this album is. Um, the reason for that is because on that record, we found that the band is moving stylistically in a totally different direction, number one. And number two, it just happens to be emotionally raw to the point of like, I don't know, just makes, your, makes you bleed from, from, from all the areas. And um, this, this album is actually something that I ended up liking more coming back to it uh, because it feels more polished uh, than that one did. And it works better as a cohesive whole, kind of hangs together better. And even though it's only like 10 minutes shorter than The Dreadful Hours, it feels a lot shorter. <laughs> I don't know what that's about. I wasn't willing to go back and do the comparison to see if Dreadful Hours was felt shorter than this one or not. So oh, it I feels longer I, for sure. I don't have that. No, I don't have that comparison to me. Um, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say I don't. I don't know that it felt longer, but I do agree that this one, um, that my different hours seems more experiment. Well, it was more experimental. So the more interesting thing that Gay pointed to, I completely agree with. Um, and I also agree that this one is more cohesive. Um, this one really, um, and uh, it's probably one of the early, if not one of the the first um, gothic metal albums, because it re really reminds me of the early theater tragedy. I don't remember when those were released, but just the sound of it. Um, the keyboards, to everybody's point, do sound very dated. Um, you know, uh, that can't be helped. Uh, it's, a, as I said, an almost 30-year-old album. But the violin is really good. I really like the atmosphere that this creates. I have a higher tolerance for the speed of this. I will admit that it is very slow, um, and it could have to 
to say it before David does. It could have been faster, but uh, yeah, I was um, the emotional heft that this carries. I am here for. I'm going to read you what they put on their Spotify profile as Dog when talking about themselves and their albums. These albums, I'm paraphrasing that, weren't merely hour-long slabs of suffering, but calendar moments where desolation, sorrow, and all things blue in dirge form were passionately trumpeted and celebrated by fans absolutely devoted. My Dying Bride albums became life events for the low-spirited and downhearted. I feel like that's a very apt description, the way to describe their music. And I think it even bleeds through more so on this one than it did uh, Brad of Orion. Was that the yeah. last one? Like, I feel like this one's much more... Ghost of Orion. I feel like this one's much more emotionally raw in the sense. That album was my entree into my dying ride because Ben said it was the best album ever recorded in the history of time in 2020. And I listened to it. And I'm like, what? And so that was very early on my doom odyssey. Uh, I'm not even sure I'd listened to every single paradise lost album 30 times at that point. So the conditioning had not really sunk in uh, listening to this. I don't know. I, you all, I could see you cackling with laughter at how many, like how much horse amphetamine I was going to have to huff to get through this album, just in terms of its speed or how long it is or guitars, but just the will. Yeah, but I also have Tracy a uh, a deep immunity to '90s weird shit that uh, carried me through a little bit in terms of like Rob Zombie or Ministry from this period. So you know, I just imagine if. Al, Uncle Al had gotten all the loots and just gone all the way. That's that's how you get here. And that's I don't know. It was it was it was perfectly fine. Okay, uh, I, I I could already tell you this is not the sort of album I would buy or subject those I love to. But I understand why Ben went because Ben lives in a different timeline. Well, somehow darker timeline. Somehow. <laughs> Somehow, well, a comp my mind kept coming back to while listening to this album was Par- was a Paradise is Lost, Lost Paradise sure. in terms of like quality of where they started from and then moved to and later albums. Because well, we'll get to it when we grade, but I think this is much better than Lost Paradise was as far as quality. Because if, if nothing else, the production on this is so much better than Lost Paradise was. It is. I remember Tracy Ben gets a huge check from Big Doom every time he pushes an album like this. So that's my stripper name, Big Doom. <laughs> I mean, Big Doom. The, the other thing is that this album, um, and I, I would say the first couple albums of uh, My Dying Ride, they are foundational for for Death Doom. You know, yeah. without without this record, Death Doom doesn't really get off the ground, um, and you know, I think I think you can see where a lot of those bands uh, get that um, on this record and not have to go into the gothic metal trap, which, <laughs> which um, you know, I think it maybe is like part of the journey that this band goes on, but not at all, not, not at all the journey that um, those Death Doom bands end up going on. 
Yeah, if I was going to label a criticism at this album, it could have had a more death on it than what it does. And it's got, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. it's got some, but it really is a departure from their first album in that way. Um, but still, I mean, I'm, I'm here for this. I really enjoyed this. So, not, David, you look like you had something you wanted to say. I was just going to say that I spent time with goth, time in goth clubs. I played White Wolf games, so I mm -hmm. feel like also I just went into that space and, uh, you know, had a warning label saying do not use in the gym, do not use in a car, do not use, like when leading an attack, it's not for that. If we're going to Ravenloft by way of the mists, I suppose it's it's like right it's right in that space. Yeah, and to that point, you know, as the actual goth movement, if, even if you look at like um, electronic goth music, it is still a bit more up tempo than this. Yes, it is because it's meant to be dance too. <laughs> so, uh -huh. yep. but thematically. Um, there is overlay there, but yeah, no, I can see your point. I can see your point. Um, with no objections, we shall move into tracks. I see none. I hear none. So track listing. I kind of like them all. Not going to lie. I listened to 10 tracks. My shit was an hour and 20 minutes. Do an extra. That, that, I guess that exacerbated it slightly. I'm like, there's a lot going on here. Um, yeah. So you like them all. Well, I know what that means. Indeed. I pulled two tracks off here. The Song Whispered and The Crown of Sympathy. Those are probably my two. The two those are the two I like the most off of here. I put a few tracks off of here. Um, I enjoyed Your River, The Snow in My Hand, Crown of Sympathy, Turn Loose the Swans. And uh, the closer I think is pretty decent. Um, I don't really like the intense vibrato on the violin, but whatever. <laughs> it's a pretty good record. Uh, you know, I feel like it's just falling in a manhole. Like you're just going to drop to the bottom. I can't even imagine saying like, Albums like this, I don't say like, man, I just need the songless bird right now. Like, and go to the middle of the ride. I don't know. It's one of those albums. It was oh, kind wow. of spooky, atmospheric. I played it a bunch this week, actually. But I wouldn't be like, man, I need track five right now. I fucking need it. It certainly is a whole ass vibe. I mean, it's a whole ass whoosh. vibe. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Speaking of vibe, that we somehow stumbled into picking like, if we were to redo the vibe picks, I feel like these albums we each picked for this week would kind of line up for checking the vibe box for us. Yeah, I think that's probably accurate. Hmm. Maybe. I don't know. I, I The more I think about that, well, it's not the time to talk about Voivod or... Pagan's Mind. Pagan's Mind. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well, that's coming. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. It was a lot this week. Um, this was an album, and uh, it was a ride that was not my favorite ride, and I passed out a couple times, but, you know, it was relaxing in its own way, in a, in a darkness in the woods sort of way. 
Well, the only thing left to do is, is grade this thing, I guess. Um, I am going to give this an A minus. I do think it is a great album. Uh, I will admit that I'm probably giving it a half grade bump because as Gabe said, that this is a foundational and very important to the death doom and to a lesser extent, the Gothic metal um, subgenres. Uh, you know, without this, then a lot of things like chemists and other stuff that we've really enjoyed would not, I won't say wouldn't have happened, but would have been a different alchemical um, compound. So yeah, A minus for me. I'm going to give this a C, 75. It's got a couple of good strikes on there, but I mean, for the most part, nothing on this album really grabbed my attention to that extent. Outside of those two tracks. Well, I'm going to swing the pendulum the other way. I'm right there with Ben. This is a great album. And uh, I am also giving it an A minus because I like it better than The Dreadful Hours. Um, because I think it just stands together as an album better than that one does. And um, yeah. I'm going to pull the pendulum back the other direction. I'm not going to go as far as Tracy because I'm a sucker for historical value. So well, while this is probably C, C plus territory for me like Tracy, I'm going to give this an 80. I'm going to put it right in that B space because I admit a ton of other music that Ben cares about deeply uh, came after this. And I care about Ben. So that's, that's how you get to the 80. This is a back tree in distribution. We don't always have one of these, right? It's like burp, burp. It's like it was probably just like a B, right? Because it's an accurate of an 85, yeah. Indeed so. Well done. See, my dying bride, you got a B for the class because you're important. And goddamn, people like you. <laughs> That's right. You're the captain of the football team. You're the captain of the goth football team. Yeah, the high school, the head coach, the high school football coach told you that you needed to have a B in a class so you could play. So you could put me in, coach. Is that what you're saying, Tracy? <laughs> I could do it. Oh, I could do buy it. This album, gentlemen. God no. I'm sorry <laughs> for Ben for Christmas. Yes, for myself, absolutely not. I would buy it for Ben. Well, I bought it for Gabe. Then we cover them both, and then we'd never have to worry about it. Yeah. See, right. So two copies just got bought, y'all, for you, for, for not us. Well, I feel loved. Um, I bought this in the past, and I would buy it again. Don't make him kill again, everyone. Right. Although, like I said, uh, admittedly, when I first listened to it in like 93, 94, I was not as into it as I am now. Well, Doom wasn't as eminent, now was it? No. I mean, you know, think about what I was listening to in 94, Slayer, Pantera. That is decidedly not this. So it's not this. And I think embraces nihilistic self more. Yeah. I think literal actual doom is also more in proximity. So that's a that's a mind that's a mind link synergy type situation between mm -hmm. the apocalypse and you. Indeed. Yeah, I'd buy this. Two hundred copies. Two hundred. <laughs> <laughs> And you get a copy. You get a copy. Boston Public Schools <laughs> presents. For no reason. It just needs a breakdown. It just needs a breakdown. Yeah. It's missing all the breakdowns. 
Doom Deathcore, which is the new genre that comes out of this particular episode of Thunderdome. Mm -hmm. Doom Deathcore born on the internet. No mandatory in all Boston public. It's not Doom Deathcore, it's just Doomcore. 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 Yes. Uh, But I guess that leads us into our next album, which was David's Poison for the Week in Machine Heads, The More Things Change. Yeah, plus ça change. Just those corpse hands, y'all. Yep, this is a very decided um, tempo shift. And you'll have to as, join us again next week Dave to hear us talk to do, about it. Tempo shift. Tempo shift. Indeed. Come back around again then to hear what we have to say about that 90s album.